Welcome to Journey to Motherhood, the podcast that has conversations with women who yearn for parenthood and are contemplating or are going through or have gone through so-called unconventional or unspoken of experiences to get there. My desire is that this becomes one of those helpful resources and that the stories of the people who participate will help anyone listening to realize that they are not alone. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Today, I am here with a really good friend of mine, Brenda. Brenda is one of those people I call super mom. Yeah, so I've learned a lot about being a mom from you. And yes, yes, I have. You gave me lots of tips. And then the one evening when my daughter cried her head out until midnight, you said, okay, now she's asleep. Go look for a tot of your your strongest alcohol. Take a shot and then go to bed. It's okay. (laughs) But but, but why I share that is because, you know, you, 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 you know, over the years, you've, you've helped me to become comfortable Mm. with just being a human mother. Yeah. You know, does that make sense with just my imperfections in mothering yeah, and just be like, you know, <laughs> and the reason I asked you to be part of this podcast and you so graciously accepted is I think you've had multiple pathways to motherhood. So and many. So wow. many. Yeah, <laughs> right. Why aren't I having a podcast? <laughs> no, exactly. I really, I, I keep saying this to you. I think you need one. You started a blog a few years ago, which I, I thought was great. And yeah. I think you need to start, to restart it. I've rehashed it. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. you really do. Um, I think you've got so much to share but I've brought you here to talk about two particular aspects of the journey to motherhood that some of our listeners may be going through maybe yeah. both or, or one or I have <laughs> if they have life or their life <laughs> the life like yours who knows they may be going through all of it oh, at the same time yeah. but um one is being a stepmother yeah you no know, I think we, we we tend to think about motherhood as being our biological children or mm. we go and we adopt. Yeah. But you also have children that you end up with because you have fallen in love yes. with the person who is their parent, yeah. right? So I want us to talk today about that. Yeah. And then I also want to talk about the fact that you want to have more children and are struggling yeah. to have more children. So yeah. secondary infertility. Secondary, yes. And I mean, I'm going to just preface that conversation with, <laughs> yes. I remember we were having wine as usual. <laughs> so we always do. <laughs> <Is> having wine. <laughs> this is not a wine advert. I know. Maybe that's why I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then like you casually throw it in, you know, really love to have children, hopefully twins. Yeah, and you like <laughs> shut me down so quick. Like my, in, like, my immediate reaction was, n- no, why? Why would you want to have more children? Yeah. You've got, you, you've got like, two already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you've also a stepmom. Like, yes. why, why? Why are we having more kids? Here? You know, there's, there's put down the wine and go to bed. Down, you have enough kids, yes. right? But over time, I realized that this is something that you felt very dearly. Mm. And actually, I've spoken to a few people who have had a child yeah. or two and mm-hmm. want more and are really struggling. Yeah. And, and they feel it deeply as well. Mm. And no amount of... And maybe it's actually the wrong thing to say to someone is, but you've got another child. Yeah. And then you feel guilty. Like, you know, people, some people don't even have one. And I'm out here trying to try for number three. And four. Four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe let's start with that. You know, so talk to me about why. Uh, I would uh, want another one. Yes. I think it starts off with the the whole step parenting thing. Mm. Because my journey to motherhood in that situation placed certain limitations because even though I've always wanted to have lots of kids, I had lots of kids, but Mm. they weren't mine. They weren't all mine, right? Mm. So now trying to say, okay, we have five kids because I was, you know, in total there were five kids. Mm. And now you want a sixth. Like Mm. it doesn't make sense, you know, financially, time-wise and emotionally. But in the back of my head, I was always like, no, I have two kids. Mm. You know, I don't have five. Yes, I take care of five, but I only have two. But my ex-husband had five kids. Mm. So for him, it just didn't make sense. And so that limitation was placed and I had to be an adult about it and think, well, six would be too much. Mm. So it wasn't. <laughs> and then um, 
And so sorry. once <laughs> sorry, I just I, I and and maybe at this point we'll just say hashtag those who know know and then let's let's just park that and one because that. that's that's not the this is yeah. not that podcast. Yes. Yes, okay. So once I you know, once I got divorced and I found myself back to having two children, then that void had was still there. Yeah. You know. So I thought maybe now I can have the bigger family that I've always wanted. So having step kids, yeah. I mean, and, and this is quite an interesting nuance because, you know, getting into a relationship with someone you know has children, mm-hmm. um, you embrace those children as your own. Yeah. But from what I'm hearing you say, is they're actually not your own? And, and that's, that's the, I nearly swore, sorry. That's, yeah. the, that's the tricky thing with step parenting. It's, you have to treat them like your own. And you loved them. Yeah. You lo- I mean, I saw you with them. Yeah, and you, they become your own, but deep down, they're not. You know, they still go back to their mom, mm. and mom will always be the favorite. And I think realizing that right from the beginning helps with expectations. Mm. Because we, and I think those are the lessons that I learned about step parenting is, you have to be extra careful to not try to be mom all the way. So I think constantly reminding yourself that I'm not their mother. I will love them like a mother, like their mother, mm-hmm. but I'm not their mother. It it helps because I only realized that like way into mm-hmm. my step parenting journey, but I had made so many mistakes before mm-hmm. I realized that, and I made so many sacrifices that affected me, that affected my own children. And yeah, it, it's tough. It's it's a it's a very tough balance to strike. Would it have been different if you didn't have your own children, biological children? In certain instances, yes. Mm-hmm. Because what I found was when I got into it, all right, we had we then decided that okay, we need to put as much effort as we can to make this little unit click, mm. and and we succeeded. You know, to this day, they're very close. Mm. But it came with with challenges because in doing that, I lost myself for one. Mm. Because during the week, you know, I'm taking care of R2. During the weekends, I'm taking care of R5. So, you know, there's no time for yourself. Mm. So you're now just focused on this little unit and trying to make it work. But also because you're trying to be such a great stepmom, something gives. So I wasn't as great a mom as I was a stepmom. If that makes sense. That makes that's that's interesting because yeah, I think that that's <laughs> yeah. actually quite deep. But I yeah. want to just unpack that a bit. Yeah, because, because I was I kn- I knew that everyone was looking in, saying how is she going to be with the kids. So you mm. try to outdo yourself in being, in not being the wicked stepmom. Mm. So you're trying to be the best stepmom, mm. but you're only one person, right? Mm. And you find yourself in in situations where you try and make sure that they never feel, the stepkids never feel left out. They mm. never feel unloved. They never feel like I'm too much of a disciplinarian. But in order to do that, I need to take away from some way, mm. right? So I don't coddle my kids as much. I don't show them more affection. Mm. So even if they do need it, I don't want it to seem like I'm more affection towards my kid than I am to the stepkids. I might discipline my kids a bit harder just to just to prove that I'm not favoring them. Mm. Um, resources become split between five instead of two. Because you can't just go out and buy. No, you have to buy for everyone. So that reduces the quality of life of my own kids because now I'm sharing between five. But remember, the stepkids still go back to their mom and they get 100% of her. Mm. So it ended up being the stepkids will end up getting way more. They get full biological plus bonus. Mm. My kids get half biological. Yeah. Did you feel like the bonus? Um, well, in my, I always called myself a bonus mom because I didn't want to be called a stepmom. Mm. Um, and I think, I think I did pretty great in that way. They felt like, you know, there was another, mm. when they were at our house, there was a motherly figure mm. that treated them well. But it did, my kids did feel the lack. Mm. Unfortunately, until like years, years in, and my mom would—I I remember when I got out of it, out of the divorce. My mom was like, "You know, at least now your kids have have you back now." Wow. Yeah, and and I, like I felt so bad. 
I felt so rubbish. I was just like, so you mean for the last 12 years, I've been kind of neglecting my children, trying to prove a point. Because it was about proving mm. a point to the world, to his family, to the mother of the children's family. It was, I'm just trying to prove that mm. I got this. I'm doing it. And I'm going to do it well. Mm. But it did come at a cost, unfortunately. Did you ever have the discussion with your kids? Yeah, I think when, even when after the divorce, I could see my kids were, I mean, obviously not about the divorce, but they were happy they had, they had more time with me. Mm. So it was, it was tough, you know, realizing that I had mm. put them in that situation because they didn't choose a situation. Neither did the stepkids. Mm. The only people that chose were the adults. And that's, that's the that's thing, the right? Thing, yeah. yeah. Everyone was just kind of thrown together. And for the most part, you know, we did make it work in those 12 years. Mm. But there were some casualties. I mean, you hear about stepmoms from the perspective of the stepkids. And, yeah. and to be honest, most of those stories are wicked stepmom. Yeah. I mean, I had a stepmother. Mm. Um, never went to her house because I never felt welcome. Yeah. Um, I never felt like she acknowledged me as you know, the first child the first of child. my father yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and none of my yeah, siblings, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I remember when I almost got married that year and my partner had a child mm. and his his family, his brother sat us down and said, look, I just want you to know he's got a child. Do you accept that child? Mm. Um, and I remember thinking, yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, sure. And I, and I, it's not that it, it's not that I didn't at all. I, I think the, the, the story of the of step parenting it's so often just told from that perspective of you will be cruel to someone else's child yeah. and no one ever talks about your own journey through that yeah. and i remember i mean i didn't get very close to my partner's son yeah. at the time but i felt very strongly for him yeah. because i loved his father mm. right yeah and yet i didn't have a say in how things were done oh yes <laughs> You That's know, another thing. Yeah. So, so, so how did you deal with it? Because, and I can, and I didn't have a child at the at yeah. the time. So it's not that I was sitting there and saying I'm going to be a replacement mom. Yeah. I was just like, well, we are forming a home, home together. Together. He is part of our family from day one. Yeah. Which parts am I allowed to tread on, and which yeah. ones aren't I? You oh. know. And, and, and That's also another thing. Mm. Like, you are always in the background. Mm. Supporting mm. You're always like a supporting act And it's hard because You know the word step mom Has mom in it And if you're a mom You know there's things mm. that you feel you should be able to do Like take care of them when they're sick Feed them when they're hungry Discipline them when they're not doing the right thing mm. But but you can't mm. Because they're not your child mm. um, So they say that behind every step parent It's like a good therapist <laughs> <laughs> Because it's such a minefield of, of chaos because you, you want to discipline them because you've got, you're in a home, right? Yes. And you're the adults. You're one yeah. of two adults. So you should be able mm. to have a say. But you can't because anytime you have a say, you can only have as much a say as your partner supports you enough mm. to have the say. So if your partner is full on parenting with the ex, you have to respect that parenting style. And it might be different but to But it yours. might be different from the one that you're trying to carve out here at home. Mm. You know, maybe at mom's, they're allowed gadget time during the week. But at your house, you're not allowed. You don't mm. want them to have gadget time during the week. So whose rules do they, do they, they follow? follow? Because at the end of the day, they'll be like, yeah, but my mom says I can do it. And okay. so now that's where the common denominator here needs to step in yeah. and decide to say, yes, you might be able to do that at your mom's. But yeah, this is these are the rules. But you have to be working together with the ex so that she knows that when he comes home and complains, he can say yes. But at dad's, you have to follow dad's mm. rules. Here we might do things differently, but at dad's, you have to follow dad's rules. Mm. But it needs maturity on the level of the adults in order to be able to enforce different rules together without creating conflict. Mm. And that's a that's a unicorn that hardly ever it hardly happens. ever works. Yeah. And children, I suppose, start playing on that as they get yeah, older. They're manipulative. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're great, but they are manipulative. <laughs> they will, they'll get your <laughs> digits and they will dial it every single time. You're not even my real mom. Yeah. You know, and then now you're feeling, am I being a bad stepmom? Should I ease up on the regulations? Should I? Should I? Yeah. Should I? Should I? I mean, something you said to me the other day that really struck me to say, so you spent all these years, you've developed a bond. Mm. 
And then things don't work out with the father. Yeah. And again, I come back to stepmom has the word mom, mom. in it. Yeah, like, exactly. How did you deal with that? How do how do you do you unplug the motherhood? Yeah. I mean, how do, how do you deal with the children you've looked after all these years? You know, I I don't know because I haven't dealt with it yet. Mm. Because you never think that at some point you will lose access mm. to the children. And I remember even after my divorce, when the eldest stepdaughter stayed with me for a little bit, mm. you know, even though the dad wasn't staying with us. Mm. You know, that's how much of a bond we have, how close she was, how comfortable yes. she was staying with me. And then, obviously, the dad then, obviously, at some point, she had to move in with the dad. Mm. And I never saw them again. Wow. After 12 years. And I remember, like, my therapist was like, this is the thing that you always have to remember that they're not your children. You know, you might love them like your children, but but they're not. You don't even get to say goodbye. You just, you know. So it's always it's a tough. It's a thanks. I mean, just being a stepmom is it's rewarding, but it's a it's a tough gig. And sometimes it's it's thankless. You know, mm. no one no one picks up the phone to say. You know, thank you so much for taking care of my kids for 12 years when I wasn't there. It's just like, well, yeah. You know, people just move on and you expect it to, and you just pick up the pieces. And I know I'm not the only one having to pick up the pieces. Mm. You know, I'm sure the kids also feel the loss. But it would be great if I think, like, adults had a better way of managing the situation. You know, putting aside mm. ego to say, this was an important person in their lives, you know, mm-hmm. how would they, would they still want to keep touch? Would they still want to um, have a relationship? Because mm-hmm. you never know, you know, the kids might, I mean, they might not, which is fair, but they might. And, but, you know, egos and resentments always come into play when it's blended and step parenting. So, yeah, it's just, to answer your question, I haven't dealt with it. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> So I, would, I, would, I, I don't know. But I think any advice that I would give is it, it shouldn't, the, the threat of loss shouldn't affect how you parent when you're in that dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just one of those things. I mean, it's like any relationship. You know, there's always the risk of loss. But that doesn't mean that you become a bad step parent thinking, mm-hmm. well, they're going to leave anyway at some yeah. point, you know, because you opted into it. And that's why I don't have any patience for people that are bad to their stepkids because. You opted into this. Mm. You knew that this man or this woman had children, children you mm. know, and the minute that you agree to be with that someone, you have a responsibility to parent those children the way they deserve to be parented. Otherwise, mm. just don't do it because kids don't have that option to say, I don't want, I want that stepmom or I want that stepdad. They don't have that option. Mm. So if as adults, if you have the option to opt in, opt in fully yes. and do the right thing by the kids, even if you know that at some point you could wake up and they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be lovely and, and we should maybe do this one day because, I mean, we tend to think of motherhood as being biological, right? And, yeah. And, but then, you know, people adopt and, and they feel yeah. this bond with their children, mm-hmm. right? And and the reality is this is also another, it is another journey to, to motherhood. It, it really you know, is, so, yeah. First of all, how do you attach? <laughs> And then how do you detach if you need to detach? So how, yeah. did, how did, in those first days, mm. what were the dynamics like and how did you make sure that the children attached? I didn't force it, for one, mm. you know, because we had them on weekends and like all the holidays, I mean, the full school holiday. Mm. And initially, you know, they're way more comfortable with the dad, right? Mm. And so, and... Like, I wasn't forcing them to, you know, come and ask me for stuff. I was just like, you know, let go to whoever you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy because there's a lot of comparison. And you can see that the kids are having this mental battle as to, like, I can't be too comfortable with her because they feel they're being disloyal to their to own their, biological yeah. parent, right? So even if you do something nice for them, they'll be like, thank you. And then they'll kind of give a fact about mom to just mm. say, like, you know, my mom also, you know, yes. bakes cakes for me. So it's, yes. it's like, this is great, yes, but, you know. It's my not mom's the only place exactly, where I get yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> my mom also does that. Um, and at first it can be like, 
I'm trying the best I can here. I can like enough for the comparison. Mm. But when you realize why they're doing it, I think mm. it's to ease their own guilty conscience. Like I shouldn't be having a good time here because you know mm. maybe mom might not like it because also you just don't know what what's being said the other side. Yes, and so you have to be very patient with that. So you know, at first it was just you know dad was the go-to, mm. but I think men. Some are, but most men aren't like nurturers, mm. you know, automatically. So there'll be times when, you know, a child is sick or, you know, those things that like a maternal instinct would be able to to mm. navigate and deal with. And that's when you like kind of step out of the shadows and and act mm. the part. And then you have to go back into the, sh- into into the shadows, shadows again. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, they'll be like, no, I want my dad. Or if they're crying in the middle of the night, you know, you go and say, okay, now I want my dad. And you'll be like, okay, then, you know. Yeah. And then eventually, at some point, you will go in and she, they won't ask for, for, for that. Because now they know that you're consistent, mm. you know. And, but you're not pushy. You're not trying to make mm. some weird point to us to say that, you know, you can be comfortable with me. Mm. You have to let them get comfortable by themselves. Mm. And you'll, you'll find that over time, they start, if they need something, they go to whoever. Mm. It's, it's not a, no, my dad is the only one that can. Mm. My dad is the only one that can. So I think when, when for the attachment, I didn't force it. I just let them take their time. Never made them feel like they had to compete mm. or that it was a competition between me and their mom because it really wasn't. You know, so mm. if they say, if they give a fact about mom, I mean, it can niggle sometimes, but then, you know, you, 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 you go with it. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's nice. You know, what kind of factors do you make? You know, so yeah. you have the conversation so they can feel like... Oh, I can, I can, I can talk, talk about, about my it. mother yeah, here, yeah. without it being a thing. So that's how we got to the attached part. Mm. And, I, and I also like, I didn't, I wasn't also trying to be their friend because, you know, sometimes you can be, stepmoms have this thing that since I'm not your mom, let me be your best friend. Mm. And that never works, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't need you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't need you as a friend. They need you as a parent. Mm. Um, and so I think that worked pretty well. Well, detaching well. I just... I also didn't force. I didn't try and reach out to them. I didn't because mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's not an age where you can reach out and have that conversation to say, you know, I yeah. know this is what happened, whatever, whatever. But I just thought, you know, what? It's, it's they're still children, and they probably wouldn't even be able to start a conversation to say, can we, you know, go and see mm-hmm. mommy B or can we call mommy because it might it might cause tension okay. with dad or with mom. So. You know, it's, it's not, just leave it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe one day when they're older, maybe those conversations will be had. But for now, I'm respecting where they are at the moment with the realization that the only person that can start that conversation is not me. It probably would have to be dad to say, you know, I know that you haven't seen her or whatever, but yes. would you like to? But for my part, I don't want to put any pressure on them for that. Mm. So it was literally just like a... You let go. Wow. Okay. That's, Sounds depressing, huh? It does. It does. I mean, it's sad. I mean, I mean, I always think about this in the context of, and I say this all the time, in the context of having been a child of divorce. <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack to your life. The soundtrack to my life. Because <laughs> I, always, I always sit in the child's seat, right? And yeah. I always try and figure out what they're thinking, what they're processing. And yeah. half the time as a child, when all this is happening, you're just confused. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Just confused. But, you know, be that as it may, I, I do think that step-parenting is, is, is challenging. Yeah. Um, and I suppose in an ideal world, it would have been good if you guys sat with the children and had a conversation, but it didn't happen. Yeah. I think from, if I look at how broken you are about it, yeah. it, it shows me that you... you the attachment happened. Yeah. You loved these children. You, you loved them still. No, I did, yeah. And I suppose a question for you and maybe other stepmoms out there is, do you get closure? Do you ever get closure? I don't know. I don't think so. Because mm. they may never reach out. You know mm. what I mean? So you have to like create closure if there's such a thing. Mm. Um, and they might do. And if they do, then it's great. But mm. they might not. So you just never know. And I just feel like, you know, in step parenting, the kids have so little agency, mm. so so little choice ever. In the yeah. yeah, so if there's a moment where I can actually give them the choice to have a relationship or not have a relationship, I'd like to give them that. 
And this is one of those instances why. Because, you know, people be like, but why haven't you reached out to them, you know, on social mm-hmm. media or whatever? And I'm like, no, because can they just have one area where they feel in control, mm-hmm. where they can be like, okay, I want to reach out or I don't want to reach out. That's powerful. Because right from the beginning, you know, they didn't choose to be children of divorce. They didn't choose to be part of a blended family. They didn't choose anything. They were mm-hmm. just thrust into it and they adapted. But I think now it's like, maybe let's just give them something that they can choose, mm. you know? Okay. I think that makes sense. That's I'm, quite deep. The, I'm quite deep. No, sometimes. Well, <laughs> once in a while. Like 80%. <laughs> But okay, so, so in the midst of this, and I yeah. know even when you were still married, you you were thinking of having a child mm. to bring number six in. <laughs> yeah. And now, and that didn't happen. <laughs> well, not with me. Yeah, yeah not, not mm. with you. Yes. Yeah. No. Um, at least, okay, you're number three. Yeah, um, number, yeah all four. Uh, three and four. Twins, yeah. <laughs> It still gives me like I, I mean I'm 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 having this conversation, but and I'm trying what? to to move away from that natural instinct of but why I know like that's you all got, you say. But like this morning you literally like burst my bubble the minute I walked in. <laughs> You're like you know those twins you're trying to have. No, you can't. Nah, you're too old. <laughs> so, so for the listeners, to put some context, the, we are we are recording this podcast. Uh, soon after, straight after the the Doctor Gobert's uh, podcast. Yeah. So yeah, when you listen to the doctor speaking, you'll realize that the why reason why I think my forty four year old friend <laughs> is delusional. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, having said that, I I do think that feelings and emotions and the way you know yearning for something mm. can never be dis- discounted. Yeah, you know. So talk to me about that yearning to want more children and what you're doing about it, right? Mm. Um, Because then I can give you some pointers from the doctor. (laughs) I'm nervous now. (laughs) You're a bit of a naysayer. (laughs) Sorry, no, I'm not a naysayer. I'm just like, so part of me is... (laughs) Shame and and I and I, I mean we're we're making light of it, but I do I do appreciate yeah. that, you know we 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 all have a view of what we want our family to look like, yeah. you know, and and we have to respect everyone's mm. right to try their best to to put that family together, yeah. right? And and you want more children, yeah. And I think you are a great mom, and yes. you know I'm I've always been a fan of big families yes. from a distance, yeah. Right, <laughs> just teasing. nice to see them. <laughs> Yeah, but but seriously, Bryn, tell me about <laughs> that void. That void. Do you know? I, I actually, now that I think about it, I think obviously I grew up in a big family, six kids. Yeah. Um, and so in my head, I'm wired for big families. families. But now I'm like thinking: Is the void because I, I was want more kids? Or is it a void that's been left by not by the stepkids? Mm. Or is it a mixture of both? Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So is it because now it's two and not five. Okay, now I'm in a, another blended situation. Mm. But it's still, you know, now there's three kids yeah. instead of five. So that void, is, maybe it's not even more yeah. felt because I didn't have my three kids or four that I wanted, mm. but now I don't have the five either. Yes. Right. And what I'm doing about it, you know, again, there's not much information out there until you start looking for it. But you only start looking for it when you're 44. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me about the information out there. Yeah, right. I well, think... most of it is pretty much what you told me. Like, it needs a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> or some intervention. Or, try, or drink a lot of stamina grow. Yeah, we've, we've talked about this many Man, times. I've been popping stamina grow like, like mints. And I'm just like... What is that? Like, when is this? Like, I've oh. been... Because you remember I was on that inofolic stage last yeah. year where I was taking... I think I OD'd on inofolic. Is it inofolic or inofolic? Inofolic, yeah. Inofolic, yeah. yeah. folic, stamina grow. And I was even, like, dabbling in Prego Omega for... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the off chance that in that two-week period you're pregnant. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. I just kind of, like lost my mind because I was, I was panicking because you, you go online and you're like, okay, I was 43 then. I'm 43. I want to have more children. And everything tells you that, well, it might not be possible. That's usually like the disclaimer in the first paragraph. Is it? That, you know, women over 35, you know, by the time you get to 40, the health 
is it dwindling the eggs are dying it's a barren wasteland in your womb like you know it's just all doom <laughs> <laughs> and then they say however if you do want to try you know mm. and then they give you like you know how to eat and exercise and what vitamins to take i'd like to th- so I've, I've i've done all that mm. you know i I exercise, I take all the vitamins, I try and eat healthy. Do you do the whole ovulation? Man, I can tell you, like, I know my body. Okay. I mean, I haven't checked for, like, cervical mucus. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like some things you just like, okay. Sorry, wait. As a teenager, <laughs> one of my first sex ed type classes yeah. was at St. Ignatius, and the nuns decided to call all the girls because Catholics don't believe in contraception. in contraception. And then they sat us down and they said, you check your mucus. <laughs> and I'm like, what <laughs> am I supposed to take off my pad? Like, Sorry, this is, this is grossly graphic. disgusting. And yeah, but, I mean, we, but, yeah, no, so but sometimes I, you've mm. got to talk about these Yes, kind of weighty subjects and yeah. laugh about. I laugh about it because, because you know others, they, they, they're a lot. It is, it is, and so I'm, I track my cycle. I've got four apps. Wow, I know just because I'm just like I need, and so I know when I'm ovulating. I know when, well, obviously when my period is. So I'm like I know it to the day. Wow, and luckily I've always, I mean I've always been very regular. So mm. you know I know like okay this is my ovulation, and I've been taking, I've been using ovulation predictor kits also. Okay. Say that okay. So this is peak time. So you know this is actually the time that I am fertile, and yeah. And how how, how does that feel? Um, I mean, obviously disappointing, and maybe that's the thing because I've never battled mm. with, to fall pregnant. Mm. I mean, you know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so so I never thought that it would be a thing mm. or that I'd be too late. Mm. You know at any point in time. So there's a part of me that's still in denial that actually this could actually be a real problem. Yeah. And and so there are months where I pretend like I don't care about my my <laughs> little apps yeah. and I don't check them for like a week. I'm just like, it's fine. You yeah. know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it happens. And then there's other months where it's it consumes me where it's just like but I know to the day, every day I'm just like checking. I'm like, okay, maybe it's the time. And then your period comes and you're like, it wasn't this time, you know. Yeah. And, then, and and then sometimes your period paid tricks on you, right? Yeah. And you're like four day days late. late. Yeah. Mm. The one time I was three days late. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this could be it. And then my body's like, <laughs> no, sorry. No. <laughs> April Fool's. Here we go. Sure. <laughs> I know. So it's been... It's it's been really difficult, but I think mentally, mm. and I mean emotionally yes, but mentally because my brain just can't compute yeah. that this could actually be a problem now, mm. and there might not be anything that I can do about it because like I don't have the resources to do assisted okay. or you know or interventions like IVF or all that stuff. So for me. If Jesus doesn't come through, <laughs> it's game over. Wow. Yeah. Have you been to see your, your guy near? Have you seen any? Have you seen anyone? No, that's uh, how much in denial I am. Because oh. I know that the minute that I go and see Dr. My guy near, yeah. <laughs> Dr. O, he'll yeah, he be like, Girl, please. <laughs> yeah, because he's he's one of the few guys I know who's very open. Right from yeah, right from the he'll tell, he'll tell you, you that you know what you're running yeah. out of time. Yeah, you don't have time. Mm. You still you still not pregnant. Yeah, well, I think maybe you need to look at other options. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't been because I'm just like I know what they're gonna tell me. Mm. Like there's nothing they'll tell me that I haven't read online already, or CJ didn't tell me. Sorry, this that is morning. part of why we're doing this, right? <laughs> and this is why we're also doing it in a, in a relaxed manner because mm. I think it's important to have that real-life conversation like yeah. we would with our girlfriends mm. to say, you want to have a child, so what now? What and, now? and yeah. you know, I mean, a part of me makes light of it because, and wrongly so, and I have to be the first to acknowledge this, wrongly so because I say, oh, but at least you've got two, mm. you know? But, yeah. but that doesn't take away, and, and, and that's why I say it's, it's wrong of me to think like that, because it doesn't take away from the fact that you, you still want yeah. to have children. But, you know, even on my side, sometimes I feel guilty for wanting more, mm. because I'm like, but I already have two, you know, and a third one now that's yes, a little yeah. 
in our little blended mix. Mm. Um, so even I feel bad for wanting more children. Mm. Like, a, like I feel a bit greedy, especially when you go online and see all the forums of people just trying for their one. Their first one yeah. in their 40s, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like, you know, you can't complain. You really yeah. have kids and you've had, you know, the added bonus of parenting other kids. Yeah. Like how much do you want, girl? But I mean, what conversations do you and your partner have about this? You know, how do they feel about? Yeah, no, I know so, they wanted it as much yeah, as you do. But yeah. yeah, but I think he's he tries to then get me out of my head mm. by saying, you know, even if it doesn't happen, you know, we still have, you know, our family still perfect as it is, mm. which which I appreciate, but it doesn't really help the the yearning. Where does the yearning come from? What what is? Have you ever sat and thought about? And and I mean, you you mentioned one of the potential reasons mm. earlier being, you know, you come from a big family. You had a big family. Yeah. You lost the big family. Yeah. And you maybe yeah. trying to recreate it is a big family. Yeah. There is that, but you know, I just I love being a mom. Mm. You know, it's one of the things that I know how to do. Mm. And that's not to say I do it perfectly all the time, mm. but. I just know that it's one of my life purposes mm. is to mother children. And I think maybe that's why I was given the the lucky chance to, you know, walk so many journeys mm. to motherhood, mm. you know, whether it was with my step parents or my niece or, you know, it's just mm. I've always been parenting someone other than my own kids. So I, I just, I'm a mom. I like, I, I like it. If I could be a stay-at-home mom and just do other things in the meantime, I would. I would. That would yeah. be. That would be. I'll be. I'll be sorted. Wow. Yeah. You mentioned these forums that that you go on. Mm. What do you find on those forums? Like devastation, mostly, and desperation, sadness. You know, these women are so caught up in this need to be a mother, mm. and it's just not happening. Some people have been trying for five years, five mm, years wow. of going to doctors, of injections, of negative pregnancy tests, of miscarriages, and it's just not happening. And that's where the guilt comes in, where I'm just like, you know, your life is, you've, you have enough. Mm. Because it, and, and my heart breaks every single time I go on those threads, you know, because, you know, and when I say the desperation is hectic, where the slightest thing has them on these threads asking, like, could it be? Am I pregnant? Has anyone else experienced this? Da, da, da. Oh, wow. And yeah, and some people were like, it could be, you know, hopefully holding thumbs, you know, sprinkling mm. baby dust. And then got my it period. Wasn't. It wasn't it was negative. So it's just, yeah, there's a lot of sad, desperate, yearning women out there on those forums. And again, it's also a thing where, there's also another batch of women that aren't on these forums, but they also have that same mm. yearning, but they just never speak about it. Mm. You know, they're just not, they're not open enough. And especially in black culture, I mean, mm. how many, t we never really speak not, about, we don't talk about, you know, it. infertility, mm. but only in, in really disparaging terms. Yeah. Like, I'll go no, she's she she's barren, she's, yeah. yeah. You know, mm. this is why. She, and then they're sidelined from society. Left her. Yeah. That's interesting. We must talk about it. Part <laughs> that, put a pin into that one. So, I mean, earlier we, you know, I told you I talked to the doc, mm. and some interesting stuff came through. And, and let's let's assume you didn't have, like, like the resources were there, and mm. you could. One of the things he mentioned is that you know when you get to the age that we are, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Second half. The second half yeah. of our lives. Yeah. We, we're, we're at the midpoint of the second <laughs> yeah. half of our lives. Um, or the midpoint of our lives. We're yeah. about to get to the second half. You probably find that you most certainly need donor eggs. Mm. And th this is like... And that's something I've never thought about. Mm. Not to give or to receive. Yeah, because I wanted to test how you feel about that. <laughs> and I've never actually thought about it until you told me now. Because I've always thought that it would be my egg somehow, somewhere. Mm. Yeah. But if, if this, you know, and, and I'm, I'm being unfair to you because I'm springing it on you, yeah. but would you consider that as an option? I think I would because I've always considered adoption mm -hmm. if all else fails. 
And in my head, they're pretty much the same thing, except that I might have the added bonus of carrying mm-hmm. the child. Though it's not my egg. But mm-hmm. if I adopt, it's not my egg either. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. Food for thought. So this is, yeah. So I'm actually <laughs> leaving it with yeah. you. I'm leaving it with you. I hadn't thought about it coming. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, I'm just saying, you know. It raises a certain question also, because I'm also like, it's not my egg, but it would be my partner's sperm, right? Assuming that, Assuming that he, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have, have any, any issues yeah. either. So it, it would be like my partner has a child to someone else that we're taking care of. But you carry the child. But I carry the child. Yeah. Mm. But the DNA is not mine. Do you carry the child? Yeah. They're in your, in your tummy. Oh, it's a mind screw. It is. Because yeah. <laughs> it is your child. You're yeah. carrying the child. Yeah. Just not your egg. Yeah. Yeah. So they might come up with certain traits where you're like, is this your mom? <laughs> <laughs> the throwback genes yeah, exactly. that we talk about. <laughs> Damn, I should have gotten a whole catalog. I should have gotten the one that CJ got. <laughs> in depth. In depth, exactly. <laughs> Voice notes well, and everything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, wow. no, like donor eggs. You know, it's it's. I have so many questions about that. No, ask, because the best part about this particular podcast for me mm. is... I know you so well and you know yeah. me so well. Yeah. And so you can ask. And I yeah. know the journey you're going through. And yeah. I, I suppose for someone listening, they'd be like, oh, but you've got other children. Yeah. But, but the reality is it's a real journey because there is. Is, I've seen, I've, initially I... <laughs> you poo-pooed the idea. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've seen how diligent and how, mm. how, how much you are exploring this. And mm. like I said, in, in the last few months, I've also come across a few people who have then opened up about the fact yeah. that actually tried to have another child mm. and we and couldn't it didn't work. Yeah. and it didn't work and, and and you can see that yearning so I, I do think there's this thing in society where society says but you've got a child yeah and, and you're, you're now now you're discounted mm. Mm. now it's like okay so so you've got a child then you're good you're good yeah. you can't you, you have you no right ask to ask for yeah. more and so i do want to have a conversation with you about the fact that you do have a right to ask for more yeah you know um if you can provide children with the right environment and mm. love, you have a right to ask for more. Yeah. And Thanks. <laughs> I and appreciate that. Thank you. Especially from you. Exactly. <laughs> See, this is, it's also been a great a learning. journey for me and learning, right? Yeah. And, and if you have a right to ask for more, then you also have the responsibility to try and mm. find out what the options, options are, are, right? Yeah. And so, so what are those options? And because yeah. I feel like I'm a, I'm a reproductive health specialist <laughs> yeah, today. Now, yeah, one hour with the doctor. And I'm like, I can <laughs> tell you, you all it. of it. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I am, I'm, I mean. Because I've always thought either it would be natural, me, yeah. partner, or would adopt. Mm. Yeah. I've never actually thought about the other avenues that I could potentially take. And even if it did fleetingly cross my mind, it would be maybe, you know, assisted or IVF. IVF. But I never thought donor egg. Mm. So, like, what what of me will the child have if I carry it? Nothing. It, I'm just I'm just a carrier. But they they you've carried them. They are the the only reason that embryo grows is because. Your blood is mixing yeah. with theirs, and yeah. they are growing. Hmm. And Doc, how would then? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and so obviously, it would then be like donor and IVF. Yes, because they yes, don't yes, need to yes, implant the, the egg yes, and yeah, um, inseminate. Inseminate, it. yeah. Okay, and it might take or it might not take. Yes. Okay. You really like blown away. I'm, no, I'm, 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 never, I'm, I'm, I'm more blown away by the fact that I'd never thought about it. <laughs> and, I, and you know, you I mean you hear about people donating eggs, whatever. Yeah. But I'm wondering why I never thought about it for myself. Yeah. Unless I do have a, like a hidden prejudice against against it, which is why it was never an option. Or maybe it's because I'm still in denial about the fact that I can't do it myself. I was going to say, I think it's more because of the denial. Mm. Look, this is not about, this This episode is not about you being food for and maybe not having <laughs> eggs left. <laughs> because there are women. So, so, so 
I suppose for me, there are women out there who are 44 or who are in their 40s. We mm. know, we've got friends yeah. who don't yet have children. Mm. And I suppose for me, the discussion is more around you are unlikely going to be able to do it naturally yeah. anymore yeah. by the time you get to 40. Yeah. Unless there's a miracle. Yeah. Or you're one of the microcosm of, of the population. Yeah. That it happens to. I like to think I'm quite special. Yes, <laughs> true, true, and you must keep trying. Yes. Um, and so I guess what I wanted to test was your openness. Yeah. And it's interesting you mentioned adoption. Mm. So maybe share with me what your thoughts are about adoption. Okay, but before I go there, yeah, I think maybe also the reason why I hadn't thought about those things is because of the resources. I mean, it's you know it's so expensive that to even start yeah. to think about it is for and I know for millions of women across South Africa, mm. it's a pipe dream, and it's it's just like, well, I can't afford it, mm. and so you only maybe just think about what you can do by yourself or a more affordable option, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now I'm thinking, okay, so even if I do think about those other options, how much is that going to cost? You know, mm. and I already have kids to take care of. You know, I don't have extra to be putting into trying something that might not even work. Mm. So you're literally left to your own devices as in either you do it yourself or try adopting because, yes, you mm. still have the cost of raising a child, but you, you take away the hundreds and thousands of dollars that you need in, order, in, to in order to try. So you're not hung up about biological child? No, because, I mean, I've raised people, kids that weren't mine. <laughs> But they were half your husbands, right? Yeah, but not mine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it was great. So I can't be hung up about that much because I've, I've experienced how it is to, to parent someone that I didn't give birth to. Yes. And, and grow to love them. Mm. So I know that's possible because okay. I've done it. I've done it more than once. Mm. Um, so for me, not having that biological tie is not a hindrance to True. being a mom to okay. a child. Okay. Yeah. So at which point do you start thinking about adoption? Well, after the series. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. I guess now. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, and I'm not saying you should. Look, and, and for the listeners, I'm not I'm not I'm not discounting it. Mm. But but I do want to have realistic to say to guys like think about it honestly. We, we don't have conversations about... No, we don't. We really do not. A, about our ability to have kids. Mm. So let's think about it. I've or known inability. You, or inability. Mm. So I've, I've known you since, what, our late 20s? Yeah. And in that time, either, you know, I'm trying not to fall pregnant or... Um, dealing with me being pregnant. Dealing with you being <laughs> pregnant or, you know, I, at no point as friends in, in our different friendship circles... Mm. Do we sit each other down and say, okay, so you, you've hit 35 now. What are you thinking about with regards to having children? Uh, yeah. At no point do we then say, okay, so you've had your first child. Are you trying to have a second one and it's not working? Yeah. And I know it's personal and I know it's, but why are we not talking about it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And, and I think it's personal, yes. But should it be personal to the point of being like secretive? Because it's such an emotional journey to go through that one shouldn't have to go through it by themselves. But so many people are. Yeah. And I wish they weren't. I wish we were a bit more open, you know, to say this is exactly what I'm trying to do and I'm failing. I think it's a fear of failure. You wouldn't want to fail or be seen to be failing at something. Do you feel like your body is failing you? Yeah, I mean, and I'm just like, come on, one more time. <laughs> just one more time. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. The power of meditation and prayer. What is the impact on your relationship? Is there an impact? Not, not yet. But I think it's because I, I talk myself down a lot mm. and, I, and I just keep it in my head. So, you know, I'm not like daily updates or daily mentions yeah. or, but I know that if, and I think that's why maybe I downplay it and then try and make it a thing because then our lives would revolve around my ovulation days and my period arriving, mm. you know, 
the hope when I'm ovulating and the devastation when the period comes. Mm. And I don't think that's fair. Mm. So I tr- I'm trying to keep it balanced, you know, happy with, content with mm. what we have. But, you know, keeping a little secretly yearning on mm. the side and trying. And I don't know, maybe that's working against me where I'm not trying as much as I should be. You know, like, I'm, I'm diligent, but I'm not like, you, oh, about it. Do you hear yourself there? I'm not trying as much as I should be or as hard as I should be. Yeah, I mean, what more can I do? Yeah, but no, no, no. But this is the thing. Because I think, I think when you're trying to fall pregnant, mm. you start blaming yourself. Yeah. No, for sure. You start doubting you. Yeah. That this is my problem. This is my issue. This is my failure. Yeah. And I think that's why maybe women don't talk about it because they don't want to be that level of vulnerable with other people to be seen as, you know, they're not doing what they should be able to do naturally. You do know that, that it's not you. Yeah. Okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it's also hard to say okay, it's not me because then who is it? Like, and what, whose responsibility is it? Is it science? You know, like, ah. is it God? Is it the universe? Mm. You know, so you kind of hold on to everything, but it's harder to control those other three mm. things. So you can only control what you can control, which is your body. And so you put pressure on your body to to do the things mm. that it's meant to be doing. And that's why maybe you'll, I'll say things like, I'm not doing as much as I should be doing. Because mm. that's the only thing that I can control, mm. my own body. And hopefully that perfect storm will happen and, and you'll fall pregnant. I'll fall pregnant. Yeah. Okay, okay, it got quite deep. <laughs> I told you I was deep. Like, yeah. you know, my check is in my pocket, my invoice <laughs> no, <laughs> for no, these no. nuggets. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, uh, maybe to close out on a more serious note, uh, you know, I, I want you to talk to two groupings of people. Mm-hmm. One is someone about to embark on this journey of being a stepmother. Yeah. What would you say to that person? What would you say to your younger self Yeah. at that point in time? Um, and then someone who has a child or children, but actually says, this is not enough, I want more. Yeah. Am I being greedy? Mm. And maybe people around them are saying, but you've already, you've got, already got kids. Yeah. yeah. I think um, the first message would be to someone considering the blended family dynamic. Mm. I think it's important to understand that it's not an easy gig Mm. and you have to be very secure in yourself. You have to be very secure in your relationship and you have to be aware that you're the supporting act. Mm. And so you can't operate on ego. Because it's not about you. Half the time it's never about you, right? It's about the kids. It's about their mom, their dad. And then it's about you, if anybody asks. Mm. But I think if you're able to be a step-parent to kid, I think it's such an honor to be able to raise children that are not yours. Mm. And if you're going to do it, you have to do it properly. Mm. You know, even though there's pain at the end of my step-parenting journey, the first one. Like, I don't regret any of those 12 years. Mm. You know, I think I think I was a great bonus mom mm-hmm. and I had great stepkids and we really did build an amazing little unit yeah. with those kids. Yeah, you did. Um, and so I think if anyone goes in with that understanding that it's not easy, but it's very rewarding. Mm. And always remember that these kids didn't have a choice in this. Mm. So go easy on the kids, you know, even if they are being mean or aggro or, you know, because they can yeah. act out because, again, they just caught up in this chaos. Yeah. You know, go easy on the kids. But if you have your own kids, like don't, you know, don't sacrifice their needs to fulfill the other kids' needs. Such a difficult There balance. has to be a balance. But finding that balance is hard. But you have to work together. If you can work together as the blended unit plus the eggs. Mm. I think that is the best thing ever for the kids. So I would say 
get rid of the ego, focus on the kids, but also focus on yourself. And it's very rewarding. Mm. It really is. When you see that, oh, these kids now, you know, they love me, they see me as a mom, and mm. they respect me as a mom. Mm. You know, then you're like, I'm doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> love the children. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the message I'd give to anyone who's embarking on that journey. To my younger self, I think it would be just get to know a bit more about your body than what is taught in school. Mm. And maybe it's worthwhile to know what you want in terms of family before it's too late. Because mm. a lot of people are like, you know, I'm too young, I'm too young. Again, trying not to get pregnant for the longest time mm. until you realize, actually, now I want it, but it's too late. Mm. But there's stuff that you could have done before, you know, mm. like freeze your eggs or whatever. Like just get clued up on things that pertain to you, your body, the journey you want to take, yes. not the journey whoever you're with. Because a lot of women don't have kids because their partners don't want to have kids. Yes, they're not ready. Kids. Exactly. But unfortunately, partners sometimes on forever. Mm-hmm. And now you find yourself without the partner, but without the kids, mm-hmm. and you can't have kids, mm-hmm. which is like a triple negative. Yes. So those would be the two bits of advice. Get to know your body. Understand reproduction. Know what you want. If you want to have a family, do the research. Know what your options are. And do what's right for you. If you fall pregnant, you have that baby if you want to. Because mm. a lot of people, again, they don't maintain the pregnancy mm. because of someone else's wishes. Yes. And then it comes a time when they actually want to have babies and they can't. Maybe because those complications mm. when they, you know, when they had an abortion or whatever. And it's too late. Our bodies are not waiting for us mm. to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, we're not men. We don't have the luxury that men do. Yes. And then third advice to... To someone who's got a child or two, but yes. actually feels, I really want to have another one and is struggling. I would say, like, avoid CJ for a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask her for her advice. Look, don't um, if you're still in the optimistic a, state, <laughs> don't come in for a podcast recording. <laughs> exactly. After she has been talking to a doctor. doctor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's a tough one because I do know in my head I should have started earlier. Right. Mm. Um, but sometimes life circumstances mm. get in the way. So I think I would say manage your expectations. Mm. Manage your expectations. Don't lose sight of what you have. You know, you already have, you know, these blessings. You've already got a child. Don't mm-hmm. lose sight of that. Um, but manage the expectations. Because as much as I'm very hopeful and optimistic and I carry on about it, mm. there's a part of me that knows that it's likely not going to happen. Mm. And I try and be okay with that mm. whilst still hoping. So that if it does happen, it's great. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't, I'm very happy with the kids yeah. that I have. It's true. You know, and I'm, I get to be a mom and I get to be a stepmom again, but a better mom to my kids this time around because I've learned mm. all my lessons. And so I'm, I'm, I'm content, you know, life is great. And so if it does happen, it would be an amazing surprise. And if it does happen naturally, you're paying for my baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> and I I'll want an apology. Excited. I'll be the most excited person, trust me. You and the doc. <laughs> me and the doc <laughs> will be <Exactly>. like... <laughs> Be like, oh, oh, exactly. <laughs> we need to edit the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very blessed. You mm-hmm. know, I'm blessed in so many ways that I have been mother to. <laughs> you can't do six it. kids, including my own. Mm. Um, and not many people can say that, mm. right? I've had yeah. hugs and kisses and loves from. Many little hands. Yeah. Yeah. So even if I don't have one more, it's been great. My journey to Edmund has been chaotic, crazy, but it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been in your house when it's full. <laughs> Man, <laughs> five kids. Even my mom was like, five kids? <laughs> Yes. And that's when I knew that I was meant to be a mom because it never felt overwhelming. Yeah. You know, it was just, I mean, I'd get tired for sure, but it never felt overwhelming. Yeah, it was always fun. Yeah, it was always great fun. Mm -hmm. So, and I think if I can spend the rest of my days doing that, I'll be happy. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, I really do hope that it works out. Do you? I really that? no, no. I really do. I really. <laughs> Are you worried really that I'm going to ask you to babysit because your kids will be older? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good for them. Yeah. But I really do because I think you're an awesome mom. But Thanks. also because it's something you yearn for. It's mm. something you want. Yeah. And so I want that for you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and along the journey, I will find lots of information and share it with you. <laughs> Let's try and keep it a little bit positive. You didn't start well this morning. Well, no, the positive. And it's your birthday. So you started negatively on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> the positive part is, he said, if you've had other children, mm. It is, it is, it is, you have a better chance of having uh, okay. yeah, I see so. how you, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want me to get excited there. You literally, I could see you holding yourself back. Yeah, I'm like, and yeah, using, like yeah, let me just yeah. manage your expectations. <laughs> it might be easier. <laughs> well, but then I'll no. hold on to that. Yeah, hold on. Because, like you said, just one egg. Just one egg. That's just one all egg you need. Just one egg. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. But thank you so much, Bryn. Thanks for having me. Thanks for sharing your story so openly. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it helps someone. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.